You're listening to Real Talk for Real Men, episode number 44. Welcome to the Real Talk for Real Men podcast. Lifestyle advice for men so powerful, you'll want to run your life on it. And now your hosts, Guy Mullen and Chris Field. Okay, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk for Real Men. I'm Guy Mullen. And I'm Chris Field. Great to be with you again. It is good to be back here, Chris. And today we're going to be talking about uh, burnout. And we're not talking about what you do in your car. <laughs> um, burnout, if, if, let me just help help me understand this burnout yeah. is something that i used to hear about when i was younger you'd hear about someone who would disappear off the map for a while they'd drop out of whatever they were doing and then there'd be this quiet whisper later on saying oh he he had burnout and we never quite knew what that actually meant but what do you, what is burnout when you define it okay so <laughs> all right so what i want to what i want to get into here really is burnout is really stopping doing something that you're you've been doing uh, usually you love doing, really you should keep doing, but all of life or that situation you've been in has just become too much and you can't cope with it anymore. So is it an emotional problem? Is burnout really an emotional thing or is that just part of the whole package? It's, I, think it's, I think it's part of the package and we'll unpack that as we get okay. in because I want to talk about at some point about the, the symptoms. There are three key symptoms that you can tell if you're getting close to close to burnout. We'll get to that in a second. So there's some things I want to go through. So first of all, I want to talk about what burnout is and why it happens and what you can do, what you can do to counter it. And then, like I said, what, um, how you can recognize that it's coming. You think most people can or should be able to recognize? Should be able coming. to recognize whether it's coming or not. And what are some practical things you can do to guard against it? What okay. things you can put in place now, even if you're not at burnout, but what are some things you can guard guard against to stop it stop it happening? And of course, it's probably self evident that there are benefits of not burning out. But in case you don't know what those benefits are, we'll spell some of those out for you as well. So, first of all, I want to just point out that burnout can happen to anybody. Um, you know, burnout can obviously we think about someone who's a an executive, an a exec- CEO, yeah, or something like work experience, something yeah. like that, who is just uh, yeah, Elon Musk is the classic who's, you know, he's a, he's a very high performer. He gets by on very little sleep and he expects everybody to, you know, work a thousand hours a week or whatever, you know, nine, 90 hours a week or whatever it is. And uh, he seems to be able to, to maintain that, but not everybody can. If you and I tried to do 90 hours a week in a sustained period, we would, we would burn out. It's one of the reasons why I never wanted to become a management consultant is because of those very long hours that, that um, someone with McKinsey and Company or so on would work and mm-hmm. then run the risk of burnout. So we know about executives, entrepreneurs having their own business and ploughing the hours and hours and hours and trying to get the business going. Mothers burn out with their with their with their kids and and uh, and trying to make the home work and the home all work together and and they burn out and you'll find somebody who's been homeschooling for a long time has done it reasonably successful and doesn't want to do it anymore. Or the wife who, the the wife who has been a wife for a, for a number of years and seems to have been successful at it and has marriage and some kids and then ups and leaves doesn't want to do it anymore. They've burnt out, and there's also also missionaries burn out and pastors burn mm-hmm. out. Uh, you're a pastor yourself, but there's I don't know what the stats are, but there's a large number of of good pastors who were doing well, but they just give it away. They now- stop doing it. A lot of those examples you've used have been time-related, like people that are under a lot of time pressure. So that's well, obviously... A, a... We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Okay. But the thing is that 
we all, it doesn't matter whether we're you and me or a janitor or a child or, or an Elon Musk, we all have 168 hours in the week. We cannot curate more time. So what is the difference between somebody who is achieving very little versus somebody who is who is achieving a lot? It's not that they have more time. And it's not really about that time management. Yes, time management is important, but it's not, there can't be the difference. And so we'll, there's got to be something else going on. So we'll get to that. Okay, we'll well, get that to, I, I want to just drop just this a in, second. Because you mentioned about pastors. And yeah. I do recall the, the statistic, and I can't tell you figures, but the people in what they call the helping profession. So that was pastors and mm. counselors and doctors and people that were interfacing with the public and confronting the public's problems yeah. had a very, very uh, much oh, yeah. higher chance of burning yeah. out. So what I was reflecting on, I would, in my head, waiting to hear what you're going to explain, I would have thought that time pressure or or emotional load, those two things, or the combination of those is probably setting people up. Well, what I see it being is is the lack of self-care. Okay. And, and as a coach myself, one of the things that we have to do in our professional development is have a plan for our self-care so that we do not burn out. Because it's ironic, really, someone who's a coach and you're actually helping people to to be more productive, uh, to to manage their their time, manage their life, to achieve their goals. It's ironic that someone who is a coach can actually burn out. and uh, But it happens if they don't have an adequate plan for their self-care. So that's really what I want to talk about is the antidote for burning out is having an intentional plan for your self-care. And I'll unpack what that what that means. So, so what is it that, what are the things that we, think about, I guess, when we think about self-care is we think about it being a luxury. You know, mm. we think, okay, well, look, I'm starting a business. I will go and take a holiday later. I will get more sleep later. At the moment, I've got to get all these things done because yeah. otherwise my business is not going to work. I've, I've, I've got limited amount of time, limited amount of money to make things work or else things are going to fall over. Self-care is a luxury I cannot afford right now. And if it's not a luxury, it's seen as an indulgence. You know, you want me time? Like, how greedy is that? How selfish is that? I know, I, I know I've thought like that. Yeah. I know I've thought like that in the past, that um, I don't deserve to have any time off because I haven't achieved my goals yet. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. And as a, as a high D, in terms of my disc profile, my personality, I'm really driven. I want to get things done. I want to knock over goals. And so I've had these beliefs that I do not deserve any luxuries or time off until I've achieved my goals. Uh, and that's poor self-care. It is poor self, poor self-care, and it can be very counterproductive in terms of actually wanting to what achieve you your goals right. in the first place. So we can have these beliefs. And so that's an example of a belief that I have that I do not deserve to have any time off until I've achieved what I've set out to do. And so that can be a belief. That was, that was a belief that I had. And it can, it's a belief that, that, you know, time to time tries to weasel its way back in again. And so that leads to, to, to automatic thoughts, behaviors, and emotions which come up. And you, you actually, you know, actually you want to, actually want to, um, make life harder for yourself because you're not achieving your goals. So you want to, you want to punish yourself. You want to beat yourself up. Whip yourself into better performance or something. Right. Mm -hmm. And you think that that is what, will cause you to achieve what you want to achieve. But it, it can be very, very counterproductive. So sometimes we can have these beliefs which can cause us to be more prone to burnout if we're a certain type of personality than than others. The people who are often high achievers can be very unbalanced in their, in their personality traits. They can be very, very high on a, 
a driven sort of scale and then very low with um, uh, with maybe how they get on with people. Maybe they're somebody who is, you know, the, the boss of a job and they're very driven, but everybody hates them. And they haven't got a friend in the so world. So we, yeah. we can be very unbalanced mm-hmm. and it can be something that we should be aware of in our program for, for, for our self-care. We can have the wrong the wrong priorities and we're imbalance in our priorities and this is very very common and this is the typical someone who's a businessman who uh, becomes very very successful but is in his third marriage and his kids hate him he doesn't know his kids now i've worked with people like this and maybe you as listeners have as well i've worked with some very very high achievers who more money than they could spend in 10 lifetimes but their personal lives are a mess. They'll be two par- partners of a um, of an investment firm, and they'll be secretly having affairs with each other's partners, type of thing. Mm. They'll have kids that they hardly ever see, and they may just think, "Oh, that's just the price I've got to pay." But down the track, are they going to be looking back and being satisfied that they've achieved the things that were really important to them? They may be the richest man in the graveyard, but nobody turns up at their funeral. Is that the sort of outcome that you want to have for your life? And so we can have this very imbalanced sense of what our priorities are or even just having the wrong priorities. Can I just suggest here, I think at a much lower level maybe than these real high performers, but I think of women that I've known over the years as mums who have been completely focused on the kids. It's like if the kids Mm. need something, they'll drive anywhere, they'll do anything, they'll... Uh, and and they they neglect um, themselves food wise, uh, energy wise, exercise wise, sleep wise, because of this sense that the, an out of balance thinking that the children have to have everything. I have to give them the life I would have wanted to have, or yeah. whatever. And so, so it's much lower scale than a high powered yeah. executive, but it's just wrong thinking. Yeah, and so we need to stop and and ask ourselves where is that where is that taking us? Where's that where's the end of that road? What um. And, and what we typically do is then say, well, I'm only going to stay like this for a while and then I'll make an adjustment down the track and, you know, I'll bring things bring things back. But the longer things, the further you go down a particular road, the harder it is to make a change. And at some point it might also be, be too late. Firstly, we don't know when our life's going to be forfeit when we're going to, you know, go meet our maker. And secondly, we can we can destroy the things which are so important to us to such a degree that there is no recovery, not easily anyway. And relationships are typically like that. So, look, so 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 the burnout can can happen because we've simply got those wrong priorities. Um, also, I talked about ambition. So, you know, the Bible talks about selfish ambition as being being an abomination. It's, it's a problem, and we don't tend to think about ambition as being. Wrong. Was supposed to be a good thing. That's what motivates well, you. Gets ambition, you going ambition you know? is fine, but selfish ambition right. is not. And so I think we need to make a distinction. Our ambitions that we've got. What is our motivation behind it? And and if we do have a very selfish ambition, then that can that can mean that we're not really caring for for ourselves. Ironically, it's funny, mm-hmm. isn't it? We've got an ambition to achieve some massive goals, but we may not live long enough to see them. Yeah. And I'll, I'll get onto that in a, in a second. It's it's an interesting stat I heard the other day actually that um, about sixty percent of Americans struggle with work related stress. Wow, sixty percent. So that's one of the things which 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 comes up when we're getting close to burnout. So symptoms of 
of burnout? What might indicate that you're heading towards burnout? Well, the first one is that you're losing joy in the things you've, that you once loved doing. And in the context, context of my work in coaching, somebody usually gets into coaching because they love helping people. They want to see people improve their lives, improve their businesses to achieve the, their potential. And But as a coach, if you start not looking forward to the coaching or not wanting to speak to a particular person on a phone, not not just because they're, they're a nuisance, but maybe it's, you know, it's an ongoing thing where you're not looking forward to that follow-up, then maybe that's an indicator that you're starting to get burned out. So something you enjoyed doing ceases to be enjoyable to you. That, yeah. That's an indicator. That's, that's an indicator. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're a fisherman. I love to fish. I love I love to fish, but um, if I went out fishing every day, whether I was successful or not, I would pretty soon lose that joy of fishing if I was doing it every day, uh, because I would I would burn out it. And it's not just a familiarity thing. I think where I would be able to maybe observe that you think about those times when you have actually really been exhausted, long trips, yep. late nights, sickness, whatever, and you were yep. just. You're just barely surviving it to get through the essentials for the day, and nothing feels like it's worth doing, you know. And yep. every phone call feels like, do I have to answer this? And so that would be for some people the the kind of t- foretaste of what what burnout could feel like for them if they'd let that get to them uh, further down the line. So, and for and for a mother, no longer enjoying being with the kids, no longer enjoying their company, or a father, no longer enjoying the, your wife's company. Um, or your kids, your kids' company. There, there's an indicator. There's something wrong. Um, assuming that you, you enjoyed <laughs> enjoy them in the first place, you didn't just get married just because you had to. So, um, so losing the joy. The second one is becoming apathetic towards the outcomes you previously cared about. So, for me, from a coaching perspective, I care about my clients achieving their goals. But if I start to become apathetic to them achieving those goals, then that's an indicator that. I'm not looking after myself and my coaching well enough and um, I'm starting to burn out. Mm. Or the salesman who, when he would first get sales, would come home and tell everybody, ring his father and take the wife out for dinner. Yes, 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 we kicked the goal, we scored, whatever. And afterwards, oh, what the heck, so what? And uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. So there's a sense of them losing the taste mm. for what used to be delicious to them. Yeah. And the third thing is growing a growing guilt over the first two. Okay. And and from there, feeling like you, you weren't cut out for it after all, that um, which leads to doubting you actually your own competency and minimizing your past achievements. So so let's say I'm I'm coaching and I'm lost the joy from it. I'm starting to not care about whether my client gets to his goals or not. Then I might start to feel guilty about that and think, well, what has happened to me? I'm Maybe I wasn't cut out for coaching after all. Maybe I should go back and do electricity again. And so if that is starting to happen, then that's the third indicator. So you've got there kind of a combination of emotional and mental issues. Your head's kind of running as questions and your emotions are running on empty. And yeah, I can see that becomes quite a vortex after a while. It could really just suck somebody right under in yep. terms of just really feeling burnt out. Just so, so at this point, you're not burnt out. Well, you're pretty close to, bo- to to burnt out. It's 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 These time to take some radical. Mm-hmm. It takes time to take some radical action, but this can all be avoided if we have appropriate amount of self care. If we have actually have a, a workable plan to prevent this happening in the first place, a plan for self 
self-care. A plan for self-care. You're looking at uh, me like I'm, well, I am, I'm green I, or something. Well, I'm just trying to imagine uh, going up to someone saying, oh, what are you working on? Oh, I'm working on my self-care plan. Yeah. You look at them and think, really? Um, <laughs> it, it, it's a concept I don't think the average person would readily relate to. So what what are you picturing? Are you talking about like even a written out plan of, of self-care? Well... If that if that's what if that's pushes needed. your buttons, okay. yeah. yeah. If you if you want to work if you want to work that way, I know as a coach, I need to have a plan for self care for my coaching. If I don't have boundaries around what I'm doing, if I just have if I just load up my entire day with five or six coaching sessions and do that for several days in a row, then that is something which is is not wise in terms of my own self care. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have been great on the first few sessions and then pretty terrible yeah, on the last down, ones down on. so not only is it good for not good for my client i'm also then oh man what a terrible what a terrible week so one of the one of the things you need to do is put appropriate boundaries around yourself so that might be a part of your plan it's one, to, one to, idea to limit your commitments yeah okay what would be the range of elements that are you talking about physical exercise are you talking about Going certainly. And watching a movie? Well, certainly. Look, this is where it's difficult because we're all different. Okay. We all have different things which push our buttons. Mm-hmm. Okay. Certainly, for you probably argue that for all of us, we need to have some some care over what we eat and the amount of exercise we do and, and those sorts of things, right? We all need to eat. We all need to exercise. And so we do have to have some intention about what is good for us. Because we could, if we start a job and we're working 80 hours a week for for a month um and you know which is not which is not unusual your management consultant and there's there's some some merger or some sale job going on uh, i know when i was at um working in electricity companies we would hire consultants to prepare our bid for a for for buying a retail company and those consultants would be spending six weeks uh, four or six weeks working those sort of hours to make that happen you can do that for a period of time well, some people can some people can, yeah. Not okay. everybody, not everybody can, um, but but if you let that go on beyond your limits, then you'll just not want to do it again. You want to quit. You want to go do something else. So you would be looking at building in a release valve at the end of those sort of high pressure times. Let the steam out of the engine, sort of thing. We, yeah, we're not robots, so you know, so we can we can maintain these periods where we work really hard, really focused for a period of time on something. And then we need to be able to let some steam off. We need to be able to relax, whatever pushes our buttons. For some, that will be more exercise. Yeah, sport or, or you know, really getting out and doing something really physical. For for others, it might be just going and sitting on a beach. For others, mm. it might be it might be doing a binge on some movies or something. Whatever it is that pushes your buttons, which re-energizes. For others, it might just go be being by yourself. For me. One of the ways that I recharge is just being by myself. I'm an introvert, so I like to recharge by being by myself. And so we need to not see that as a luxury, but seeing that as something is necessary. So we need to manage our energy. We can put our energy full on into something, but then we need to refill the bucket. And so you've got this kind of, uh, what's the pulsing, where, where you, you try and balance out over time the pressure and 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 breaks and pressure and breaks. So there's a- we can't expect our life to be dead flat. Yeah. Right. And and so we think about oh that's poor time management. No, we actually need to manage our energy a bit better because there's times when we need to give something a lot of energy, but then we need to recharge. 
And I'm surprised you haven't mentioned yet, but I'm sure what you hinted at earlier is it's, it's really sharpening the pencil because if you just keep pushing yourself, the pencil just gets blunter and blunter anyway. You're not really achieving anything for the whole hour you spent trying to make something happen. Yeah, well, I heard somebody say once that they spend more time, I'm not sure where I heard this, but more time sharpening the axe than actually using it. Using it, it yeah. And, of course, that well, some people are whacking away with a blunt axe there and because they won't give themselves the care they need. This is... Um, I'm preaching yeah. a message for you, brother. So, so we've got areas where we're, we're all prone to excess in certain areas. Mm-hmm. Okay, so some of us will just be go go full on into a, into a particular job and project and want to we just want to block everything else out, and that might be appropriate for a period of time. But there are areas where we go into excess. Maybe others of us were prone to eating too much, or maybe we exercise too much or too little. Uh, maybe we. Um, Whatever it is, there are areas where we are prone to excess. So we need to identify what these areas are and have a plan to to bring a bit more balance, at least over the long term. It's not always balanced in the moment, but over a longer period of time, we need to make sure that we're recharging. For some of us, that might be a written plan of of self-care. For some of us, it might be having a friend or a coach alongside us to help us to regain that perspective mm-hmm. to re to rebalance and when you say we're all individuals so for some people they need to maybe go and catch up with relatives and friends yeah uh, take some friends out for dinner do something where, where where they recharge that way but for other people but overall then you're looking at a kind of a, a, a over time maybe over a month or whatever period of time that there's a balance equalizing out of of the different things that are good for us against the things that that eat us up and it's about it's about being aware of looking after ourselves and where our weaknesses are and having plans for for how we're going to address those and and not just pushing it further back just keep pushing it back I'm going to take a holiday next month oh no I'll do that I'll do that in 6 months I'll do that when my business finally gets to a certain level you know just keep pushing it back because because we will miss out on the benefits of self-care. So let's just touch on those. So the first is greater productivity. Yep. Okay, you sharpen the pencil. You yep. sharpen the pencil, you sharpen the axe. Sharpen the axe, you, yep. s- you simply will achieve more if you look after yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's been, it's been proven again and again and again. And there's been studies which show that, that um, with greater self-care, and I'm particularly thinking about sleep here, sleep mm-hmm. is a key aspect of self-care, that uh, people who get enough sleep, get enough rest, have more creativity. Um, they, the, their cognitive function is higher. And when your cognitive function drops, it's, it can have the same effect as if you're drunk. Mm-hmm. You, you're no longer, longer able to maintain the levels of concentration and thought and decision-making that you could when your cognitive function is high. You're staring high. at the page in front of you and you can't even figure what you're supposed to do with it sort of thing. You just, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. And so at prolonged periods, we, you know, we might look at somebody and say, well, look, he can get by on four or six hours of sleep. Well, I've heard some pretty horror stories of people bragging about that and doing that. But um, but, but look at the, the history the further output, down the yeah. track. And mm-hmm. whereas the creativity, it's disappeared. Mm-hmm. Whereas the, some of the decisions they've been making have not been, not been great. And even greater endurance. You know, high-performing sports stars, they actually try and get quite a lot of sleep. Mm-hmm. So greater productivity is a benefit of self-care. Fewer regrets is another one. And we touched on that earlier. So the classic is the businessman who gets to gets near the end of his life and he's made a lot of money. He's the richest man in the graveyard, but there's nobody at his funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, regrets about the road that you've been on and not really stopping to think about where it was taking you and, and what those outcomes are. So, so regrets. Then we talk about health. Um, suicide's the biggest killer of men in the 40, 40 to about 50 age group. Mm. I think even from lower, it's about 24 to about 44. I think suicide's the biggest killer of men in the Western countries. Mm, wow. So, um, so, and we, and there's more and more stuff which is coming out, of course, telling us that stress, stress has causal relationship with many of the health problems that we're now experiencing in the Western world. And, and we talked earlier about, you know, 60% of Americans struggle with work-related stress. Um, do you know that heart attacks is a 10, is more than a 10% higher incidence of heart attacks on a Monday? On a Monday, going back to work. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow. So, you know, we can't really say there's a causal relationship there, but it's an interesting idea, isn't it? Looking after yourself results in, in better health and you live longer. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a pretty good thing. We all want to live longer, don't we? So, and have better health. Setting the right example for others is another, is another one. So what do you want your kids to grow up to see as being important? Because as, as fathers, as mothers that are listening, we're examples to our kids. What are we modeling to them? So we're we modeling that they should be looking after themselves, that they should be making the food that they eat and the exercise that they get and the sleep that they're getting as being important. Are we modeling that or are we just saying it? Okay, here's my question for you. Then. Someone's listening to us right now and they know that they're on the edge of burnout. They know mm-hmm. that they're getting frustrated. They're emotionally strained. They're physically tired. They don't enjoy hardly a thing that they're doing. But it has to be done. What in the world would you say to people like that? You know, I've just got to soldier on. I can't take time out for myself. I, how does how, some people would find it really difficult to put self care into their program? Well, I th- I think that that is very true, and part of that is delusional because of those benefits that we've talked about. If you actually want to achieve your goals, then start looking after yourself better because. Because you will achieve more, you will be more productive, you will be more of a high achiever if you look after yourself. So taking an hour out somehow, squeezing that time out and giving yourself just that little bit of refresh could actually make a far bigger impact in terms of payoff than you would think it would in terms of penalty. There is, you know, somebody somebody who is achieving incredible things versus somebody who doesn't. They all have 168 hours in in a week. So one of the things we could do, obviously, is look at, well, what are those people who are achieving the sort of levels of productivity that we want to do? What are they doing? And very often, it's they've got a very good self-care plan, whether it's having a, a half an hour nap in the afternoon. You know, there was, I was told that, well, question, how long do you sleep for? Well, I was told of a trick of hold your car keys in your, in your hand, have a lie down on the couch, and when you drop the car keys you're done ah, that's all you need just to wake when you when you've up. dropped the car keys you've done you've you've had a had a, a quick nap, nap a power mm-hmm. nap and you're ready to go again and it doesn't take that long and try it and see whether that's something that that suits you maybe you're yeah you know, some people will say well you've got to be a morning person you know you your most productive times are between 5 and 7 a.m and that's what you need to do to be productive but we're not all like that mm-hmm. We're not all, we don't all have our best energy at, at early in the morning. Sometimes, some of us, it's in the afternoon. Um, I know that I've done some of my very best work very late at night, going into 
between the hours of 11 p.m. and 2 a.m. And I've written some of my most my best trading strategies in those hours and presentations that I've I've presented to investors in, in those hours. So we're not. It's not about saying, well, this is where the most productive time is. You need to work that out for yourself. But then I don't go and 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 not have any sleep. I might not have had much sleep that night because I had to get up for work in the morning, but I don't repeat that over and over. Yeah, right. So you've got to have your plan for your self-care. So the first thing we have to do in terms of what do we do today is make a commitment that self-care is important. Okay, yep. So if I haven't convinced you that self-care is important, well, you've got to do that journey yourself. Do some more research on it. At least take what I've said and go away and look into it and see whether what I'm saying is actually true or not. But... And then from there, you've actually got to make a commitment to self-care because otherwise when those jobs come up, you say, no, look, I've just got to do this. I've got to go this week without any sleep to get this done. And maybe that's true, but then what are you going to do after that week's finished to recharge? But maybe there is a better way of doing this week as well. Maybe you can actually take some breaks so that you're going to be more productive through the back end of the week and not have your cognitive function destroyed. But make a commitment to self-care. The next one is to set some hard boundaries. Set yourself some hard boundaries. That may be, I know for me, that was when I was traveling into the city, it was um, uh, three days a week, I want to be done out the door at five o'clock. Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be some other times when I've got to stay later, but three days a week, I want to be out at five o'clock so I can have dinner with my family and spend the evening with them. Set some hard boundaries. It may be a relationship. No, this night, Friday night, Saturday night is a date night. I'm not going to let anything intrude on that. I'm going to spend that with my wife for her self-care, for your self-care. Maybe it is, okay, every six months I'm going to take a sabbatical. I'm going to take a month and I'm going to go off by myself. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is, you know, with me, with my coaching, no more than three coaching sessions in a day. Right. Yeah. So set yourself some hard boundaries and stick with them. Get enough sleep, get enough time off. And the fourth one is spend time with God. As as Christians, we see that as being essential. Mm-hmm. You know, and non-Christian secular world say, well, you need to, Spend some time meditating. And, you know, I always say, well, what are you going to meditate on? Well, for us, for me, that's, you know, meditating on the Word of God and, and trying to get God's perspective on things. So having that quiet time is um, is is not only something that connects us with, with our Creator, but is also an important time of self-care as well. Mm. We don't t- typically see it that way. And then lastly... Sometimes we know what we need to do, but we just we just keep putting it off or we just can't do it. And sometimes we need to get some help. So that might be getting a buddy, getting a friend, um, or it might be getting a coach, somebody who can actually help you to implement the things you know you, you need to do. So self-care is an antidote for, for burnout. And so self-care is really about making... Making the activities in work and in your family and your personal life meaningful, sustainable, such that you're going to be able to reach the the goals for your life that you actually want to hit. And the big bogey in all of this that we haven't really laboured the point is that for those people that are pushing themselves and saying, I can't take a break, I can't take a break, you may very well have a break. It might be the very break you don't want to have. If you keep on that, then, yeah, you're... 
uh, it's hard to to look at here through a blanket blanket thing, but you may well be deluding yourself. And, and you may well have way. the kind of burnout breakdown that means all those things that you're struggling to get done out don't get done by you at all. They might just be gone. Just can't even you do. might be one of those who has a heart attack on Monday morning. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't want to go that dramatic. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's yeah. what we're talking about, though. But, but I think a person who's, who, who can't face even getting back into the office because they've burnt out, I mean, what happens to their business? What happens to the projects that they were so struggling to, to get on top of? Burnout itself is basically a shutdown, and it can happen in a marriage and in a family and with our activities. As you said, it can happen to missionaries and pastors, and it can happen to people in the helping profession. They just burn out. And so they struggle, struggle, struggle to get stuff done. Well, goodness me, have burnout, and none of it's going to get done. Just ain't going to get done. Yeah, in five years' time, when you look back, what are the things that you've got now that you really don't want to lose? Yeah. So I would want to pick up and say to those that are listening, you know, um, don't just think this is an educational session here. This could well be the tap on the shoulder that you need to make you actually stop and avoid being on a path that will be really costly if you don't bring in the self-care that Guy's talking about. It's not a luxury. It's a necessity in our lives. It's a necessity in our lives. So it's hard for us to get our head around. I know that it's taken me a long time to get my head around that because I've felt it as being a luxury. But it's a necessity. Guy, thanks for sharing that with us. And obviously then, are you going to put notes about burnout or, or self-care up on the, the website at all? I think that would be a good thing for people to have, to, uh, maybe a checklist or something or other. Well, there's there's a challenge for me. I will have give that some thought and see what we can do. Yeah. And thanks for sharing that with us. And I appreciate uh, as you move more and more into your um, uh, coaching, life coach role, these are the sort of things you're thinking about all the time to help uh, the people you're helping make sure that they do, in fact, keep that life balance. It's so important. Absolutely. Well, Chris, thanks for your time. And listeners, thanks for joining us. I hope this has been an eye-opener for you and give you some food for thought as to how you're managing your life right now. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Real Talk for Real Men podcast at www.realmen247.org.